Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to The Bad Broadcast. I'm your host, Maddie Murphy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of The Bad Broadcast. It is another gloomy, glorious, beautiful, bad Monday. Well, I don't know if it'll still be gloomy by the time this episode comes out, but it's gloomy right now and it's been gloomy for the last couple of days. So as far as I'm concerned, it's fall. And I don't know about you guys, but mid-August, like that's fall. Like school starts back up, it's fall. Also, I have a fall birthday and I just I have a weird sense of pride about having an October birthday. It's weird, but I just I feel like it gives me the right to love fall even more than the average person. And I turned 30 this year. It is a it is a monumental year. I'm going to be 30 on October 14th. I like my birthday. I really do. I don't I don't hate aging. I don't hate getting older. I don't love like t- like huge parties or like anything like that, but I do. I enjoy I enjoy my birthday. What can I what can I say? Uh still pregnant over here, still cooking away, nipples weirder than ever. My boobs are huge. They're huge. I don't quite know how to cope with it but I guess that's just what my body needs to be doing right now I don't know uh but today's episode is all about back to school it's all about teachers because well first of all we should all be appreciating our teachers anyway but if you don't appreciate teachers yet I promise you this episode is going to give you a glimpse into what teachers deal with on a day-to-day basis I picked this episode to come out at the end of August because I'm assuming that the majority of you with kids who are in school just sent them off to their first day in the last couple days or weeks. I don't know. Or maybe it's coming up. I guess some places start school in September. But either way, back to school is upon us. So I thought this would be a great, great topic to cover. Again, teachers should be appreciated no matter what. But after you hear this episode, you're going to want to buy your kids teachers something or give them a hug or bake them something or let them cry on your shoulder for an hour. I don't know. But uh, man, the things that teachers go through, and you guys know that I obviously think that they are disgustingly underpaid. And also, I mean, who's who's more influential in kids' lives than their teachers? I've talked about it before, but I have like three teachers specifically that I feel like totally changed my life. Like I'm still in touch with a couple of them. Like they they seriously like put me on this trajectory and like I am who I am because of the teachers that I had. So shout out to teachers. You are truly 
angels among us. Uh, I don't have much of an intro today, but if you are curious about my fourth wing reading journey or me completing the Akatar series or some Taylor Swift thoughts and feelings that I've had lately, those are over on the Patreon. There was a Patreon episode this week, and that's where I put all my kind of random ramblings that don't quite fit into the episode. So those are over there if you want to sign up. And you also get two bonus episodes a month. And I always want to remind you guys that if you sign up for the Patreon now, you get the whole back catalog. So you get the last episodes that have come out on the Patreon. You don't just sign up and get future ones. So let's get started with our submission. So I asked you guys to tell me, uh, well, you teachers, to tell me the worst, the craziest, the most traumatizing things that have happened to you as a teacher in your classroom. Here we go. She says, I teach sixth grade. Oh, I hate the word sixth. I hate uh, what I hate even more is sixths. Like you cut it into sixths. That is a horrible word. I, I'm going to just change it. I teach grade six and the students in my class decided to start a strip club at recess where they were pole dancing and putting on performances during recess for the younger grades and pretending to have sex with sticks. When I found out, I was shook. Let's just say that was a horrific conversation to have with kids and their parents. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine if I got like having like thinking about doing something like that and then getting caught and then having to sit down with your mom and your teacher while they tell on you. I remember one time I was in third grade and I wrote a note to my best friend and I said that somebody in our class was a brat. That was what it said. It just said, so-and-so is a brat. And my teacher took it and she kept it for parent-teacher conferences and she handed it to my mom. And it was the most ashamed I've ever been. And in that moment, I was like, why would you do this? Now, obviously, I'm older and I'm like, yeah, I probably needed to be told that that was not very nice. But thinking of getting in trouble with your parents and your teacher... Also, this brought back memories. Well, not memories because I didn't do this, but it did make me think about the music that I listened to when I was in like fifth and sixth grade. I had well, like I think I was in now I keep having to say this dumb word, but I think I was in sixth grade when the first iPod came out. I think I don't know. I should Google when that came out, but I remember having it in elementary school. It was the thick the thick iPod mini and I had a pink one and the screen was black and white and it was iconic in every possible way. I even had Madison Rose Murphy engraved on the back. Okay. It was my big Christmas present that year. But looking back, I mean, I just got on my like brother's computer. Like we had a family computer, but my brothers were in charge of all the music. My brothers were like in high school and I just downloaded all their music onto my iPod. And like looking back, the songs that I was listening to <laughs> were so unbelievably inappropriate for an 11 year old to be listening to. Wait, are you 11 and six? Yeah. Cause I was 11 when I went to seventh grade. Cause I was young. Uh, yeah, that, so, I mean, does it surprise me that kids this age, like know about that stuff and are like, like, I'm trying to think of songs that we would listen to. Like, Oh, we listened to like, I'm in love with a stripper. Like for sure. I'm pretty sure that was my first ringtone when I got like the little Nokia brick in seventh grade. Like, that and it was just like the tone. Remember, it was like it was just the like the little beeps, like dee 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 dee. That was my that was my ringtone. So, anyway, I'm not surprised that kids this age are are curious about those things or doing those things. But yeah, the the sitting down with the parents would be rough. Okay, next, I had a student's parent who would show up in our classroom unannounced at least two times a week. 
She would come in pushing a stroller with her youngest and would literally come up right behind me, inches away from me, just staring at me without saying a word. If my back was turned helping a student, I would have no idea she was there until a student would tell me or until I turned around and physically ran into her. She never had anything to say to me. She would just stand there and stare for 30 minutes while I worked until she silently pushed her stroller out and left. The administrators let her do it all year. This is weird on a lot of levels, but also isn't it just so embarrassing for the child? Like I feel like sometimes, again, I'm not a parent yet, okay? Maybe I'll be whistling a different tune in a few years, but I just feel like parents don't consider that a lot of times when they're making a scene in public or like making a scene to the teacher or like, I don't know, showing up in classrooms. Like if I was in elementary school and my mom showed up every day and just stood there, first of all, I would have no friends. All of my friends would be like, your mom's weird. I don't want to hang out with you. And I would just be embarrassed in the classroom. I don't, I don't know. That's, that's my two cents. I understand wanting to know like what's going on in the classroom, what's going on, like what are your kids learning, whatever. But like you have to exercise some trust with your kids' teachers. Like they're teachers for a reason. First of all, they they have degrees. They're smart people. They love kids. Like you just, unless there is an actual issue that you have to bring up to like administration or whatever, like just let your kids go to school in peace, you know? Okay. Next one. It was show and tell day in first grade. So each of the students were able to bring something from home to share with the class during silent, silent reading. I could hear something vibrating from one of their backpacks immediately thinking it was a phone. I told quote unquote Sophie to get her device from her backpack and bring it to my desk. When I reached my hand out for her to give it to me, she put a vibrator in my hand. She said it was her mom's favorite toy and she wanted to share it with the class because it's like a massager and she wanted to give massages at recess. <laughs> Let's just say when I called the mom in to come and pick up her toy, we were both extremely humiliated and literally said all but two words to each other. Almost ended my teaching career. I feel like I would not be able to keep it together if I had to go to my kid's school and pick up my vibrator. I would I would be in pieces. But at least she didn't make it to the presentation of her show and tell toy because can you imagine if she got up there and she showed everybody her toy. I mean, you probably would have taken it at that point if she had presented it to the class. But what if recess was beforehand and she had given massages to all of her classmates and then all of her classmates went home and they said, yeah, so-and-so gave me a massage at school with this long vibrating wand. And then every other mom in the classroom is also upset by this. So, you know, look on the bright side. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Dipsy. All right, picture this. You're hanging out in your favorite spot. Your headphones are on, noise canceled, and the world around you fades away. When listening to Dipsy stories, you're immersed in a vivid world where every touch, every breath, every stolen glance is felt with breathtaking intensity. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Whatever your fantasy is, Dipsy has a story for you. They've got stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. Also, new content is released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. Dipsy also has stories for straight and queer listeners. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories to read. 
They've got a little bit of everything. I feel like collectively, a lot of us have decided to kind of tap into our sexy, feminine, divine era. So let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or even heat things up with a partner. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash bad. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash bad. Once again, that is dipsystories.com slash bad. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by HelloFresh. Fall is right around the corner, but as far as I'm concerned, fall is here. Once we're halfway through August, fall has arrived, and that means things are about to get busy. Kids are going back to school. We've got holidays right around the corner. HelloFresh is here to help you plan for the busy season ahead with tasty dishes delivered right to your door. You simply pick your recipes, pick a delivery date, and then lay back and enjoy your day knowing dinner is covered. Not only does HelloFresh help me think of recipes because at this point my brain doesn't function at full capacity and I need somebody to do my thinking for me. So not only is the decision part super easy, but also they send me the ingredients so I don't have to go to the store and buy a bunch of groceries that I'm probably going to waste. I wanted to make this recipe the other day and I went to the store and had to buy everything in like bulk And I wasted so much of it. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your door so you can skip those wasteful trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That is why it is America's number one meal kit. So HelloFresh is offering my listeners a special deal when you go to HelloFresh.com slash 50BAD and use the code 50BAD, you get 50% off plus free shipping. Once again, that is HelloFresh.com slash 50BAD and use the code 50BAD for 50% off plus free shipping. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Maddie, you will not believe my story. My first year of teaching was unbelievable. I could go on and on about how unruly my class was, how unsupported and how unequipped I was, but this story takes the cake. At the end of the day, my class was cleaning up the classroom before the bell rang and students were excused. Excused. Mind you, it was September, so I've been teaching for literally less than three weeks on my own. My students are picking up trash and things off the floor when all of a sudden I hear a scream and then the entire class takes a collective gasp. One of my students has stabbed stabbed themselves in the leg with a pencil. I look over and the pencil is several, several inches deep in her leg. I am a teacher. I am not a nurse. I am not an EMT. I got into this profession because I don't like blood. I had no idea what to do. I ran from classroom to classroom looking for an adult that could help because I am this close to fainting. Luckily, a substitute teacher nearby knew exactly what to do. She calmly had the students grab their things and go into her classroom and wait until the bent or until the bell rang while the student the substitute, and the office secretary and I stayed in my classroom. It was wild. It was a Friday, and I very much considered not going back on Monday, but I did. The student ended up being fine, and I'll always wonder if the student has an amazing two truths and a lie. My class joked about our class being cursed for the rest of the year. Okay, weird and a little bit creepy, first of all. And also, why why was I taught so much about pencil stabbings in 
elementary school, I feel like every year on the first day of school, we went over what to do if somebody got a pencil stuck in their eye. I just, I very clearly remember being told that protocol like many times. It's one of those things like this is, people talk about this on the internet all the time, like things that you thought were going to be a huge issue when you were a kid, but now are not an issue at all. Like most people say quicksand, like you grow up really scared of quicksand and then no one's ever encountered it ever. Mine was getting gum stuck in my hair. Like I thought, I, I always thought I would get gum stuck in my hair. So I was just always thinking about how, how to get it out. I was always nervous I was going to fall asleep with it in my mouth. And then it was going to fall out and it was going to get in my hair. Luckily, I avoided the gum in the hair incident and also the pencil in the eye incident. Uh, but yeah, pencil in the leg, self-inflicted pencil in the leg stabbing is weird. Okay, next one. I was a new teacher out of middle school in Northern Virginia, and I realized last minute that I didn't have a costume for Halloween. I decided to wear a giraffe onesie that I had gotten as a joke from Target a few years before because I didn't want to be the lame teacher who didn't dress up. On the morning of Halloween, I was walking down the hall in my giraffe onesie. Side note, I'm 6'1", so I was a noticeable giraffe and was surprised to see none of my teacher friends were dressed up. As the students came pouring into my classroom for, for first period, I was stunned to see none of them were dressed up either. Is everyone here just too cool for Halloween? Just then, the principal came over the loudspeaker for morning announcements. Good morning, students. A big thank you to everyone for not wearing Halloween costumes as they are against school rules. Teacher, if a or teachers, if a student is wearing a costume, please send them to the office immediately. My students stared up at me in my stupid giraffe onesie, and I ran to my laptop to check when we had been told this rule. Instead, I find an email from my principal telling me that she will be observing me during first period. I was mortified. Thank heavens I was wearing gym clothes underneath my onesie. I figured being underdressed was better than blatantly breaking the rules. So I just stuffed my giraffe onesie into my desk and wore leggings and a workout shirt for my observation. None of my students told on me, so that was a win. What kind of school bans Halloween costumes? I have a couple regrets in my life. Okay, just, just a few. Top of the list is not getting more into Halloween as a kid. Like I was always nervous about being made fun of or people thinking I was stupid or whatever. So I always downplayed Halloween. I didn't want to go all out. I didn't want to do full makeup. I just, I felt stupid doing it. And now I look back and I am so sad because I missed out on all of those years where I was allowed to go nuts with it. So I have a few hopes for my child. You know, I have, I have hopes and dreams. I mean, mainly just that they're, you know, happy, healthy, and that they know how loved they are. Those are the main things. But another thing is that they love Halloween. I'm really, really, really hopeful that I can raise a Halloween-loving child because I want them to dress up every single year and get into it because now I look back at the kids who went all out and did the huge costumes and the makeup. And the, and first of all, they have all they have the most hilarious pictures from Halloween growing up. And also, I just think that they were more free they were not worried about what other people thought. And I was so worried about it. Still, still unraveling that habit that I have. But yeah, schools who ban Halloween costumes, lame, you're ruining ch childhoods, ch childhoods. It didn't feel like a real word when I said it. You're ruining childhoods and I don't like you. Okay. Uh, next one. A student called me a corn headed bitch when I told him to put his computer away for the billionth time. I was blonde. It's still my favorite insult, and I still laugh. <laughs> that sounds like the Succession writers wrote it. Succession has the best insults. What's the the one that uh, Nate says about Tom? Corn-fed, wait, corn-fed basic from Hockey Town. 
Which, like, doesn't that just really paint a picture? Like, you just know exactly the type of guy he's talking about. Okay, uh, next one. We had some first graders with a history of trauma and exposure to things way above their maturity level. This resulted in my coworkers getting called all kinds of real or invented profanities daily, some of which were actually hilarious. One day when he was upset, one of our friends blurted at his teacher, or let's see, one of our friends blurted at his teacher, I hate you, you dirty marijuana. LOL, he had the context to know marijuana was bad, but not much to go on beyond that. We applaud the creativity. Another student told his teacher, yeah, well, I'm going to F your girlfriend. <laughs> well, this is concerning on so many levels. We couldn't help but cry laughing. Check in on your teacher friends. We'll be laughing, but we're not really okay. That was a part of teaching that I didn't expect to learn from these submissions. The insults. The insults you guys get. I don't ever remember somebody insulting a teacher, at least that that I heard, but I am sure that it happened. I'm sure it happens on like written like tests. I'm sure people get so mad at teachers all the time and call them the most foul things. I never I never thought about that. Okay, next one. She says, ah, yes, my worst story. This was my first year teaching right out of college. I was teaching second grade. This boy was in my class and he was a big kid. He was super aggressive, but could also be super sweet. I had to check his backpack and pockets every day to make sure he didn't have anything that could be used as a weapon, which was essentially anything. However, one day he somehow found a rock, like a big one. I don't know, maybe the size of a huge potato. He colored it red because that was his favorite color. I tried to joke around with him to get the to get the rock and not set him off. It did not work. Tensions rose. He he just kept dropping the rock on my desk and picking it back up over and over while staring at me. I was scared, y'all. He eventually ran out of my room and hid in the bathroom. Administration got involved and the rock was eventually thrown at them. Good thing second graders don't have good aim, but it was wild. It was crazy hard being his teacher, but I still really cared about him. I feel like no matter how challenging of a time a student gives me, I will always care about them and hope the best for them. This is the real like thing with teachers is that first of all, they love these kids. I have friends who are teachers. Like I know how much they love their students. They genuinely care. And I feel like because like that genuine care is weaponized against teachers first of all with like the amount that they're paid like I feel like they're underpaid because the concept is like but you love it like you love teaching them so why do you need to be paid so much money it's like that's ridiculous first of all but it's also weaponized against them when it comes to like support in the classroom like they're not given like resources that they need or materials that they need and I know so so many teachers who have to go into their own pocket to pay for things because the schools won't provide it for them. And I don't know. It's just, a, it's just, it's a bummer because these people love your children. I mean, they spend the majority of their, of the kids free time with them during the school year. And I don't know. It just, it, I feel like a lot of times they, they just are told to appreciate what they have and be grateful that they love their job and they don't need support or money or resources uh, which is stupid. Okay, next one. Last year on the night of parent-teacher conferences, there was a piece of literal shit on the floor in front of one of the bathrooms. One or two teachers plus an administrator were standing around it, waiting for one of the custodians to come clean it up before the doors opened for parents. One of the teachers standing guard kept announcing incredulously that it was human. I kept my distance but came to find out that according to security footage of the accident, the culprit was a teacher. Not only was it a teacher, it was the teacher who kept standing there declaring that it was human. The footage showed him walking down the hall and not even breaking his stride. 
when the excrement fell out of his pant leg. Days later, I found out that this was not the first time this particular teacher had left his shit on the floor. It is apparently an open secret that this individual regularly misses when using the men's faculty bathroom. Kids may be gross, but it turns out that the grossest thing I've ever seen at school was a teacher either lacking all self-awareness or playing a really ineffective long con on the custodians. I have so, so, so many questions. First of all, how? How? I'm assuming he's wearing like dress pants or like slacks. How do you poop? And it seamlessly falls out of your pant leg. Like, do you line your pant legs with like rubber? Like, I don't even understand how it would fall out without you even breaking your stride. Like not even missing a step. It just goes. Also, how does it get around the seam? How does it get around your butt crack seam? Aren't you pooping directly onto that? Where are your underwear? Why isn't there an elastic on your leg holding the poop in place? This is a very weird thing. Actually, kind of creepy if you think about it. It's kind of creeping me out. It seems like he's into it. I don't know. Like, I'm learning the older that I get when people are doing really, really weird things, specifically on the internet. Like, when people are just behaving very oddly, it's usually like fetish content or like somebody has a weird kink. (laughs) Maybe that is what the internet has done to my mind. And I just like can't think of anything clearly now. But that's honestly what I think when people act weird. Maybe that makes me a perv. I don't know. Um, Okay, next one. I was bragging to all my students that I was going to the Taylor Swift concert. And one of them was like, Mrs. How dare you? She says the H word, you know. She does. Taylor Swift does say, she says, she says the H word. She says a lot of words. She says a lot of different words that those of us who started with Taylor Swift in eighth grade when debut came out and then have grown up with her and have begun saying our, saying the, our own age, I was going to say our own H words, like we all have our own, but have begun swearing. We really appreciate it. The first Taylor Swift F-bomb changed me as a person. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Okay, next one. I taught at a middle school that had a student of the month award that kids could get nominated for. The students receiving the award would get a little certificate and all their teachers... (laughs) I remember this one. Okay. The students receiving the award would get a little certificate and all their teachers would write out a nice thing about them that they'd print out and put in a little book. One month I had a student nominated and was asked to write up a paragraph about why this kid was so awesome. I taught an AP class at the time and the kid could not or would not lift a finger. He was not deserving of the award and I'm not about that. I emailed the teacher in charge of the awards and I told her that I wouldn't be or that I wouldn't be submitting anything for him because he wasn't showing any of the qualities of a kid deserving the student of the month. I figured that his other teachers would submit stuff and it would be fine. It would have been, but the teacher in charge of compiling the nice messages didn't read my response to her. She just copy and pasted it into the book of nice things. All the reasons why he was not deserving of the award he was, was receiving. According to me, he was the first one to read what I had, <laughs> what I had written and came and asked me about it. I wanted to crawl under the desk and die it was all true, but I would have, I wouldn't have worded it that way to him. I wish I could say that he got his act together after that, but I'm sure he kept on not being the 
<laughs> the kid he should have been in my class. I mean, first of all, I kind of feel bad for the kid because imagine getting the award and reading all the nice things that your teachers have to say to, say about you and then reading that. But honestly, props to him for confronting you. I feel like that's a good that's a good quality. Maybe, maybe not for the person being confronted, but I feel like when people are not scared of confrontation, I consider that a positive quality. Not like people who go looking for fights, obviously, but people who can communicate clearly like, hey, why did this happen? And let's figure it out. So hopefully that served that kid. And also, I don't think that you're in the wrong for not wanting him nominated. I mean, if he was a terrible student in your class, then what are you supposed to do? You got to be honest. These, these stories really helped me humanize my own teachers throughout my life because I just, you when you're in elementary school, junior high, high school, whatever it is, you just see your teachers as like, I mean, just so far above you, right? Like they are never nervous. They never say anything wrong. They're just, they're smarter than everybody. Like that's how I saw my teachers, especially the teachers that I really loved. Like to me, they just had everything figured out. And reading these, like it never occurred to me that like they could have been struggling with things or they could have been nervous about certain lessons or nervous to talk to a student or done something wrong that they had to make better or scared of our parent. Like that never occurred to me. And then I was thinking about like some of my teachers were really young. Like my my English teacher in high school was like 24 when she got the job. That is so young. She was teaching 18 year olds. She was barely older than us. That was probably so nerve wracking. But if you're a teacher and you're wondering how your students see you, just know I literally still idolize my teachers. I still think that they are like the smartest, most competent people I've ever met. So it's just good to keep that in mind when interacting with teachers of all sorts and whatever you are, if you're a student or you're a parent, just remember that they're human too. Okay, next one. My friend's sister is an elementary school teacher. She had a student who was handing out cash to kids on the playground. Turns out the boy had found the envelope where her, oh, this is bad, where his mom kept her rent money and was gifting the money to her friends or to his friends. Oh my gosh. This is like, this is like an asshole move of the kid. And I say that with all the love in my heart. I don't think kids are knowingly assholes, but I feel like we can all admit that sometimes kids do assholey things and that's okay. So do we as adults. But can you imagine being that mom, collecting your rent money, putting it in a cash envelope, and then going and finding out that your kid gave it out at recess? That there's no, I mean, how do you even get that back? You can't call the parents of every single kid and be like, hey, can you give me $20 cash? Oh, that is so killer. Okay, next one. I used to teach, teach English online to kids in China. One very early morning, I was teaching a teenage boy. He was doing great and suddenly stopped responding so quickly and would respond with the wrong answers or ones that didn't make sense. That's when I realized his hand was moving in a weird way. Yep, he was giving himself a little treat during our lesson right off camera. I immediately closed my browser and told the IT employees that I wouldn't be returning to class. In the end, I was the one who got in trouble for leaving the class. When I asked them to review the class footage so they could see why I left, they told me they didn't feel comfortable going back to watch that. Well, yeah, imagine how I felt. Well, my first reaction is a big ew, because that's disgusting. And also Zoom, well, just COVID in general, but like I think about kids who were in school during the height of COVID when they had to do Zoom classes, like what is worse? What is worse than trying to take a class on Zoom? 
Like I've had online classes before. I took a couple online classes when I was in college and they were terrible. I cannot even imagine having to do like your whole junior year of college or whatever all over Zoom. So just shout out to the the many, many soldiers who battled through that because that would be terrible. Okay, Maddie, the number of times I've caught my students writing smut is insane. For those of you that don't know what smut is, it's like dirty, dirty books, like, you know, smutty books or like sexy books is insane. But one moment stands out among the rest. For context, I teach eighth grade English. It was my first year teaching and I was giving a district level test. Students were taking it on their Chromebooks and I was monitoring or moderating by walking around and watching my monitoring software. A lot of big words. It's important to note that the district put on a program to, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time reading. Brain doesn't work. It's important to note that the the district put a program on the teacher's computers that allow me to see all the students' screens, block websites, shut them down, etc. So I was moderating the test and when students were finished, they were welcome to read or or work on work from another class. I happened to glance at a particular student's screen and noticed that she has a Google Doc open and is going ham at writing something. Now, knowing this student, she wasn't a writer. She didn't like it and she never showed any interest in it. As a result, I got curious. So I clicked on her screen to make it go full screen on mine. And when I say I had a silent panic attack slash meltdown, I mean it. As I skimmed over what she was writing, I realized it was guy on guy smut. Nothing against that, but it gets worse. It was two guys going at it against a tree and they were furries. If you don't know, or I don't know if you know what that is. I do, but I'm going to read what she says in case those of you or there's people listening who don't. But in as few words as possible, people dressed up as and acting like animals. Now, I want you to picture all of that with the anatomical and logistical sex knowledge of a 13-year-old girl. The euphemism she used for penis was sword. So furries using their swords against a tree. I was horrified, not only that I had read it, but that she was doing it on a district assigned computer. Anyone can see what she's doing at any time if they wanted. The students and parents signed contracts and everything. I was new to teaching at the time and it was a silent classroom full of test takers and I was at a loss. So I used my software to block everything and shut her computer down. I never breathed a word of it to her. Parent conferences were also awkward a while later, though. I never said anything to her parents, but looking them in the eye was difficult. Since then, I've caught many students writing various forms of smut and have even been asked by students to proofread their fan fiction. I respectfully decline for obvious reasons. Scarred for life, I tell you. Love you and love the pod. Wish me luck this school year. Of course, good luck to all of my all of my teachers out there. That is, I never thought about how much like sexual (laughs) content you have to block from students at school because they're at this age where they're probably curious. They probably have a lot of weird questions. They don't know what is appropriate to ask and what isn't. Have they done maturation at that time? I don't know how many of you guys had maturation. Here in Utah, it was fifth grade for girls and sixth grade for boys to go to the maturation program, which is basically just describing puberty and like very, I mean, we've talked about this in the sex episodes, like the most bare bones knowledge of sex that you could possibly have. It's basically like when you get married, you'll find out what it is. That's pretty much the extent of the sex ed that I had in elementary school. But like, how do you, how do you answer those? Because you can't be the one to tell them you can't be, but you don't want to, you don't want to shame them. You don't want them to feel bad for having questions. You don't want to call the parents every single time they do something weird I don't know. That would be tough. So yes, good luck to every 
especially like the ages of like sixth to like eighth grade when nothing's really clear. Like I feel like ninth grade, they start like kissing. Like you can start to actually have to deal with like real life scenarios with your, I mean, hold on, let me rephrase that. But like you have to, like they're actually participating in like making out and stuff. I feel like those younger grades are when they have more questions. It would be hard. I don't know which one would be harder. Okay, next one. A student came to sit at circle time right by me. He got real close and began to hold his finger up by my face. Before I could see what it was, or let's see, before I could see what he was holding, the smell hit me like a punch in the gut. I pulled his arm away from my face and asked what was on his finger. A butt booger, he told me. A butt booger. Actually, I, I can't actually continue that one. It made me sick. Somebody told me that last week when I was talking about my pregnancy symptom of not being able to eat C-H-I-C-K-E-N, which I have gotten over a little bit. I had Chick-fil-A once and it was okay. I, I, I had to struggle through it, which is honestly like, a, like I'm not trying to be dramatic, but it is a tragedy. Like it's a very huge loss in my life to not be able to go to Chick-fil-A. But that's besides the point. That's beside the point. Uh, I can't read things about butt boogers or I might get sick. And I'm on a, I have a perfect record right now of not throwing up my entire pregnancy. And now I feel determined to do it. And let me tell you, let me just, let me go on this little tangent about pregnancy. First of all, it gets me out of everything. Okay. I love it. And I'm not even just making stuff up. Like I am ridiculously tired all the time. I don't really feel like doing anything. So it gets me out, but I don't have the throw up aspect to get me out of things. You know, I don't have the physical manifestation of how bad I feel. So, yes, I do feel a little bit bad that I'm missing out on that. However, I I do have this weird, like, I'm, like, setting a record with myself. Like, can I go my whole pregnancy without throwing up? I'll keep you guys posted how I do. Okay, next one. My teacher, or let's see, my school didn't have much storage, so I had to keep some items stored in the bathroom connected to my classroom. One of them being little plastic, I don't know why I said like that, plastic Easter eggs that we used for a science experiment. Worst mistake ever. A child had taken all 20 eggs, peed inside each one, and put them back where he found them. It took me a while. I'm curious how long a while is. It took me a while to figure out where the foul smell was coming from, but I will never again be storing anything in the classroom bathroom. This is a good representation of like the things that you worry that your kids are going to do. They never happen, but the things that they do do are things that you never could have possibly conceived in your mind. Like, Every, everybody's like, yeah, I hope my kid doesn't play with knives. Like that's a common one. Nobody ever says, yeah, I hope my kid doesn't pee in Easter eggs and then store them in the class bathroom. You know, like you don't think to teach your kids, Hey, that's like, we shouldn't do that because you don't think it'll ever come into their brain. But I'm learning as I get older that the things that could come into a kid's brain to do, there is no limit. Okay. Uh, next one opposite, but I can't resist. Wait, let's see. Okay. Hold on. Oh, maybe she was a student. I don't know. Let's just continue. My daughter's teacher was trying to teach them about how he wanted to be a writer when he grew up and everyone told him that that wasn't realistic or sustainable. So he became a teacher. He loves his job, but he wishes he didn't let anyone get in the way of his dream and that they shouldn't either. He asked the students if they knew what they wanted to do when they grew up. And when he called my daughter, she said she wanted to be a choreographer, someone who choreographs music videos, concerts, commercials, She's a competitive dancer, so it's not unrealistic. He tells her that not many people get this kind of job. You won't make consistent income, and it's just not really realistic. Her reply, kill me. Killed me. Well, no offense, but you just told us you wanted to be a writer, and now you're a teacher in Idaho. So I don't think you're the one to take advice from. (laughs) 
I'm sorry, but if you're a teacher and you have ever crushed someone's dream or said like, maybe you should be a little bit more realistic. What the hell is wrong? Why? Literally, why? Like, they're not your kid. Why not just encourage their dreams? Like, if you're so you're worried about your students income in 20 years, you're weird. Okay. Uh, Private school parents are the worst. I feel like they think because they're paying all this money, they're in charge and the teachers should do whatever they say. I can totally see that happening. You can totally like I feel like private or public schools might get the have the opposite problem problem like stu- oh my gosh, I cannot speak like parents aren't involved enough like they don't care about what goes on. They're not helping. They're not supporting. But then with private schools, you get the opposite problem, which is like you can't get them out of your face. Uh, one time I had a mom email me asking why her kid had a lower grade in my class. And I told her it was because her kid hadn't turned in any assignments. And she responded, well, I told her she didn't have to do them. And I was so nice. I was like, that's totally fine. That's just why she doesn't have an A. And she added the principal to the email thread and was like, no, I told her she didn't have to do them. So change her grade to an A. I told her I couldn't do that, but I could give her partial credit if she wanted to turn them in late. And the principal backed me up. And then the mom pulled her out of school. (laughs) that's wild behavior. It's wild behavior to be like, no, I told my kid she didn't have to do that. Like I, I mean, who? there's a wide range of types of teachers that you get as a, as a kid, you know, like I definitely believe that there are teachers that have a negative impact where parents need to step in and they need to like, of course that not every teacher is golden, but I hope that my kids have teachers who push them a little bit, you know, who make them do assignments that are a little bit hard who make them, you know, think a little bit deeper, who make them try a little bit harder. Like, that's what I, I hope. I don't want my kids to have teachers. I mean, I hope they have like, you know, a teacher or two that's just fun that they can experience, you know, just like goofing off in class. But I hope that they like learn and I hope that they, they do their best and have to meet deadlines. It's like so imperative for a kid to learn that and a kid to learn like, Hey, if you don't meet a deadline, there's a consequence for it. Otherwise, you turn out like me and you're 30 and you're still learning about how to meet deadlines. Okay, next one. My teacher had breast cancer and showed the whole sophomore class her new implants before the surgery and after. All she was covering was her nips. It was scarring. She was also recently divorced and would show us her experiences and conversations on dating apps over the projector. You know, see, there are some things where a parent should step in. You know, there are some things where like a slideshow of your teacher's titties is maybe not the most appropriate thing to be doing. Okay, next one. I was a kindergarten teacher and I absolutely loved it. One day, one of the sweet little janitors said to me, I think one of your kids is having a problem. He took me into the bathroom and showed me poop on the side of the toilet. Not like someone had smeared poop. There was just a turd. (laughs) I hate the word turd. Somehow on the side of the toilet. He told me it has happened a few times before. So I bring up bathroom protocols to my kids and, ask, and tell them to let me know if they are having any problems or if they notice any mess. That day, I have a little girl tell me there is poop on the toilet. I go in and sure enough, another turd draped over the side of the toilet. I think back to who recently had been in the bathroom and through the process of elim- elimination, find the little boy who had done the deed. I asked him what was going on and how, how the poop was getting on the toilet. He said, it's just really hard to aim. I said, what do you mean? He said, I don't really know how to get it in there. It's hard when you're standing up. Bless this boy's heart. His mom had just recently taught him to pee standing up, and he just thought that was how you're supposed to poop standing, that now you were supposed to poop standing up. 
I informed him that he definitely should not stand up while pooping, and that's not a thing. He was relieved to learn he could start, he could sit to poop again. Can you imagine just squeezing a (laughs) turd again out and trying to dangle it into the toilet? Poor, poor boy. That is sad. He's he was totally innocent. I mean, kindergarten is pretty young. Like that's that's sad. Um, okay, next one. I was newly learning a new job as a student success coach at an elementary school. I had a particular student who was very difficult. He once hid in my classroom and we couldn't find him. We called the cops and everything. Turns out he was hiding under my desk the whole time. He also came to my classroom. That seems like a pretty obvious place to check. I mean, I'm just I'm not judging, I'm just saying. Uh, I told him, let's see, he also came to my classroom one time and we were learning skills on how to deal with anger. I told him to push his hands together as hard as he can and then let go and let the tension go along with the relief. Well, he was pushing his hands together so hard that he ended up shitting his pants. When he stood up from the chair, there was shit all over the chair and running down his legs when he ran to the bathroom. The teachers or the janitors were not very happy with me. I personally never pooped my pants in elementary school, but I did step in dog poop one day. And I'm sure I've told this story before because for some reason it scarred me like more than it probably should have. But I I stepped in dog poop. I was wearing my new light blue Etnies and I stepped in dog poop and I was walking all around it. And there was a kid walking behind me, Tommy. If you're out there listening, I know it was you. And he never told me. And I just walked into the classroom and I dragged it all around the classroom. And I had never, ever, ever been more embarrassed in my entire life. I mean, truly, like I was devastated. And I ran into the bathroom when I realized what happened. I didn't even go back into the classroom. I just went straight to the office. And it was right. I remember it was right before spring break. It was the day before. So I called my mom and I told her that I was sick. And she had one of, one of our family friends come and pick me up. And I got in the car and she was like, oh, you smell really bad. Like you smell like you've been throwing up. And I was like, yeah, I've been throwing up. It's so bad. I'm so sick. And then I went home, had spring break, thinking that everybody would forget about it and came back from spring break and nobody had cleaned it up. And I had been sitting there in the classroom all weekend. And my teacher said said it in front of everybody. She said, sorry, it smells bad in here. Maddie walked through dog poop. And I was so mad at Tommy for not telling me beforehand. Anyway, just a random trauma that I have. Okay, let's continue. This isn't necessarily my worst moment teaching junior high, but it is my most embarrassing. During fall break a few years ago, I started noticing symptoms of my first ever UTI. (sighs) That's killer. Connected the dots. It was from the hot tub at the hotel my husband and I stayed in for our staycation. Could have been. Could have been. Also from his dirty dick. I don't know. I got some medication and I was still learning to deal with the symptoms when I returned to school on Monday. I was trying to ignore the constant urge to pee every two minutes, but also drink a lot of water to flush everything out. Thought I was doing good until the class period before lunch when I felt like I really needed to pee during a review game. I didn't want to go to the bathroom because I thought it was just another false alarm like the millions of other times over the last few days. So I was trying to to distract myself by walking around and eventually thought, hey, I'm wearing a panty liner. If I let myself pee a little bit, maybe it'll relieve the pressure and nothing bad will happen because there, if there is any pee, the liner will soak it up. Did I think about the possibility of it not being a false alarm? No, I didn't consider it. As you can probably guess, I completely underestimated how much pee was in my bladder. I released my pelvic floor muscles just a tiny bit, but it was like the floodgates had opened. And so standing there on the side of my classroom in front of third, oh my gosh, in front of my classroom talking about the 13 colonies, I peed myself in front of 40 teenagers. If that wasn't enough, I was wearing a dress and tights, so urine was just cascading down my legs into my shoes, sounding like a faucet dripping onto the carpet. 
I still don't know how many kids noticed, but I know at least one student sitting close to me did. And bless her heart, when she figured out the weird sound and smell around her, she tried not to react. She just averted her eyes to the front of the to the front screen and didn't say a thing. I hurried to sit down at my desk and stayed there trying to act normal until the end of the class. I know I was lucky that more a more vocal kid hadn't noticed and shouted to the whole class, but having to spend my lunch and next prep period cleaning up my own pee from everything was and going home early to shower nearly killed me. I will never go in another public hot tub ever again for UTIs are oh my gosh they are actually the worst things ever I've had two and like pregnancy makes a lot of weird things happen a lot of pain a lot of like weird stuff and I did have like a zing the other day that I was like is that a UTI because if it's a UTI I'm going to actually have to throw myself in traffic uh but yeah I don't know what's worse getting a UTI or peeing yourself in front of dozens of teenagers that was probably a very core memory for them I would love to see what they remember of that I would love to see the story from their perspective have them be like, yeah, one day we were studying, you know, the 13 colonies and my teacher just started peeing and she didn't say anything to us. I would love to know from their perspective. <laughs> okay, next one. I caught, nope, I taught fourth grade and absolutely loved it. This isn't really a worse story, just a funny one. At the end of each day, I would play a game called the elimination game. All the students would stand up and I would say something like, this student has a dog. If the comment didn't apply to the students, they would sit down until there was only one student left. It was a great way to learn more about my students. One day while playing this game, I said, this student has a stepmom. One particular student stayed standing and I was confused. I said, I didn't know you had a stepmom. He said, yeah, my dad accidentally married two women. My mom didn't even know. He said it like in the most clueless, innocent tone ever. The whole class started laughing and he was so confused as to why... <laughs> why it would be funny my dad accidentally married two women like he forgot he forgot he had a wife he just went out and grabbed another one he wasn't he wasn't totally sure all right that's all we have time for today folks I was gonna do a dum-dum club segment but you know what we're just gonna do that next week because we don't have time to do all of them today but they are really good and by really good I mean kind of upsetting so be sure to tune in next week for a dum-dum club segment and remember to be nice to your teachers. And if you're a teacher out there, I just wish you all the best. I hope you have an amazing class, an amazing school year, and amazing supportive administrators and parents. And if you don't, just keep an eye out for the next story submission box because I would love to read it and giggle about it in solidarity. So be nice to your teachers, treat them a little bit better. And what else? So yeah, Patreon told you guys about that. Remember to subscribe, rate, review on Apple. You can also rate on Spotify. You can tap five stars, which is super helpful. Whenever you guys do that, whenever you use uh, rate or review or anything, it just, it helps the podcast grow. It helps boost it. It helps other people see it. It's just, it's so, so, so helpful. So if you haven't done it yet, just give it a little taparoo. And I will see you guys next week. I love you so much. You can buy merch at the Dear Media shop online. I'm pretty sure it's linked to my bio on Instagram. Uh, the merch that we have right now is my favorite merch. And it reminds you, of course, to always be safe, be kind, and be hot. I love you all so much. I'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can catch a new episode of The Bad Broadcast every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Also, I want to hear from you, so please leave a rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast for all the behind-the-scenes action and more information. Talk to you next week.
Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.